Today's message is entitled, The Door to Life, The Door to Life. I originally was going to call it the door that leads to life upon life. And you'll hear that a little bit throughout the sermon, life upon life, the door that leads to life that leads to life. (laughs) But for the sake of condensation, I just left it at the door to life. Uh, The question I initially posed is, you know, can life be stolen from you? Can can life steal life from you? So in other words, can the life you're living actually reduce your experience with life? Um, or can life give you life? If, if, if life can be stolen from you, can the way you live life give you life? Hmm. So it's something to ponder um, from the perspective of life can be, let's say life can be so good that it gives more life to you. How about that? So you're living your life and it's so good that the experience of the goodness of life adds life to your life. Remember I talked about life upon life, life to life. Or you could be living your life so horribly that your life is stolen Um over time and in different experiences. So the issue comes up, many think this is only true of of life. You say you're living, doing drugs and, you know, cheating and lying and stealing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, People think, okay, well, yeah, of course, that kind of life is is gonna mess up your life. But, I want to argue today that what some people think or call good life or religious living can actually steal your life too. Uh, So let's say the person who is heavily inundated, heavily uh, involved in church and religiosity, you know, some of those spiritually, spiritually deep people, um, you know, all they know is church and God. They think they know. That too can steal life from you. Because sometimes the religious life is not really living. Stay with me for a minute. And so you ask, how can religion steal your life? Isn't the church uh, and and pastors and religions supposed to to make my life better? Uh, it's supposed to, but but why are so many church going? Listen, why are so many church going, pastor led people, so lethargic, lazy in the world, non action people can quote scripture up and down, but are unseen in the day-to-day business of living life. I don't want us to spend all of our hours in church. We go to church to learn something to go impact the world. So God came to give you life, not take it away. God didn't say, I came to save you, now come to church every day. And, And how many church people lose their family relationship? You don't hang around no more. You don't come around no more. You don't go to beach with your friends no more. You don't you don't go to the baby shower. You don't go to, to dancing with them. You don't do anything because you're too holy. They're still in life. And as Christians, we ought to be living more than anyone else. 
We ought to be the most live folk in the world. But yet we are comatose in the things of God. We're comatose in religion. We have allowed the tubes and the monitors in the church hospital per se to keep us on life support. In other words, we come for another praise and worship experience, another sermon just to keep us religious enough to keep praying enough to keep surviving from day to day. God ain't called you to survive. God has called you to live. He's called you to find a way to break through this monotonous um, caricature of what church and tradition has placed upon you. And bless God, we did our best. Our pastors, our leaders did our best with their the level of education they had and the stress and the, the uh, stuff they were dealing with in society. They did their best. But now that we come into a greater knowledge, we are to be able to understand that we have more life to live. Is anybody tracking with me this morning? So today's passage is, listen, today's passage is Jesus's response to the Pharisees, religious leaders who actually kicked a man out of church because he didn't abide by their rules. The Pharisees, the church folk, isn't it just something? It's something church folk will rip you up. I mean, church folk will find out you hurting and then step on the wound. Church folk are known for being notorious at kicking you when you're down. And it has more to do with, you know, look, I came hurt and broke. This is the only dress I got, but you're going to make me feel bad because I'm showing a little cleavage or this is the only muscle t-shirt I got. I put a t-shirt on. I came to church, but you're going to make me feel bad for how I look and not appreciate the fact that I came to get a word. I'm telling you, religious life can steal your life. Ah, stay with me for a minute. I'm going to go somewhere. So this passage today is a response to John, St. John chapter 9. that talks about how unfairly and restrictive the Pharisees treated a blind man that Jesus healed. So the story in John chapter 9 is that there was a blind man and the religious folk were trying to figure out why he was blind. In other words, they were trying to figure out, well, whose fault is it that he's blind? Who sinned, the mother or the father? And Jesus is like, who cares? The issue is not who sinned. He said, "I, I allowed him to be blind because I was allowing it for my glory. I want to get glory out of this situation. But religious folk, you know, in other words, you live your life trying to find blame on everything. Why did I leave? Why did I get fired from my job? Why did she break up with me? Why did this happen? You're, you're too regimented. Come on. I'm, I'm talking about living your life in God. You're too worried about bills. Every decision you make is based on how much money is in the account. You're, you make a decision based on how your husband looks at you. You, 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 you. you choose your friends based on the response you get from your church. Uh, come on, come on. So, so chapter 10 is Jesus' response to these church folk who mistreated this blind man. And so the blind man came back and, and, and they asked him, they said, well, who healed you? He said, I don't even know who healed me, bro. He said, I don't even know. He said, all I know is that I was blind, but now I can see. And they're like, well, well, if you don't know who healed you, what, what day they heal you on? Well, well, uh, let me ask your parents. They even went and asked the mother, instead of celebrating that he was healed, they interrogated his mother and the father. And the mother and the father took the fifth and said, because they didn't want to be kicked out the synagogue, they said, well, you need to ask him. They knew his son was healed. They knew he was healed because they know he was born blind. But because they were afraid of the church, they decided to say, well, you ask him. And so the Pharisees went and asked him. He was like, I don't know. And they kicked him out because we can't get the answers. We want the way we want them. 
<laughs> Church folk living life stuck and restricted, putting rules on people, cutting people off because they don't live like you live. They don't have the beliefs that you live. They go to places you don't go and you cutting them off and they don't fit in your box. And I'm telling you, living like that steals life from you. Are you still with me? Joy, let me know if they're tracking today. And so chapter 10 comes to say, you'll never have a shepherd who is better than me. In other words, you'll never have, you, listen, you can put your money on your boyfriend, your husband, your church, your pastor, your network of corporate friends, your book club. You can put all your trust in, but you will never have anybody who treats you better than me. In other words, we are looking for life. I know Buckwheat said, looking for nub in all the wrong places, looking for love in all the... No, but we're looking for life in all the wrong places. And because we're looking for life in the wrong places, it's stealing life from us. And I came to sound the alarm and to whoop, 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 to make the sirens go off, to, to warn you that your life is seeping out of you uh, because you have missed uh, the door. <laughs> To life. Oh God, what am I talking about? You got to find the door. So he says, he says, listen, he says, you'll never find anybody better than me. He says, I care about you. He says, I get it. I came to give you life. He says, my sole purpose is to come to give you life. He said, you got friends who came to be your friend to, for the purpose of taking from you. They came to manipulate you. They came to skis off you. And now he says, I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. He says, in fact, he says, I want. And so when he says he wants to give you life, he says, I want to give you life upon life. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. He doesn't say, I just want you to live. He says, I came to give you life upon life. Uh, are you with me this morning? Let's read the text this morning. Let's see what the text says about the scripture Today in John 10 verses 1 through 10. The first verse says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some of the way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the, sh by the door, there's the door, you hear the door, is a shepherd of the sheep, to him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus spoke to them, meaning this parable, this story type about the sheep analogy. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were, which he had been saying to them. They couldn't even understand the parable. So Jesus said to them again, yeah, let me make it plain for you. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Ah, I want you to see that. Jesus is the door. And all who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And, watch this, will go in and out and find pasture. And our key verse for today is, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Do you see the power of the text there? So the text is telling us this concept or this understanding of this reality of the, the shepherd coming in a contra experience to what was just explained in chapter 9 by the Pharisees. The Pharisees will treat you wrong. The Pharisees represent life. The Pharisees represent pastors. The Pharisees represent churches. 
exes, husbands, spouses, parents, jobs, bosses, anything that comes to control your life or steal from your life. Jesus says, I am the contradistinction from that. And so the question I would like everyone to ask themselves is, do I have that extra life that God is talking about? Yes, I'm saved. You know, everybody said, yes, I'm saved, but am I living my salvation? Oh, there it is. Yes, I'm saved. In other words, yes, I have life, but am I living my life? Oh, come on. Now you understand the song a little better by Jill Scott, living my life like it's golden. You're living what you already possess. You have life, but you have to live it. So I want to explore this further by first looking at what we mean by life. So no one misconstrues today's lesson to be about bank accounts and cars and clothes. Although that can be included, I want to make sure you have a clear understanding of what I mean by the power of living life. Let's look at life from a different perspective. Life then has this caveat. It has four elements by which I want to review. Life gives us vitality and movement. So the living person, the living person has vitality or is animate. They are moving people of action. Are you tracking with me? Still on our theme of action. That anybody living should be moving, right? Sometimes Joy sleeps so hard, I have to shake her to see if she's moving. And if she's moving, I'm say, and I say, you still alive. So people who aren't moving have the representation of deadness. So abundant life, listen, so abundant life is what? A lot of movement. Extra life is extra movement. It's extra curricular activity, busyness. So people full of the word are doing things. Oh, come on, come on. People who are alive are doing things. If you aren't doing anything in your life, you're not alive. You don't have that abundant life and something is stealing life from you. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But note here, the second aspect of life is it is spirited. Life means it has a spirit. Anybody who's alive then has a spirit in them. So not just that I'm movable, not just that you see my body moving, but are you conscious? Are you moving with intention? Are you moving with consciousness? Or are you just reacting to the things that come in your life? Or are you spirited? Are you spirit-filled? Are you possessing or housing the active Holy Spirit? And that's the question. One, yes, I'm moving. But two, I'm moving by the Spirit. In other words, there's something greater and deeper to the substance of me that makes me move. I have a purpose and I have intention in life. Look at number three. Number three is that it is your spirited. Hang on. It is that he is spirited. And number three is multi-presence. So when you have this animate life, when you live by the spirit, and when you live for God, you actually live in two realms. So you have a multi-presence, meaning that you are actually alive here on earth while possessing life at the same time in glory. That because your spirit is of God, and you're alive, you have eternal life, 
Your spirit exists both in the finite realm and in the infinite realm, which means that my living or my animation that comes by the spirit actually is able to contact two different dimensions. So when I pray, (laughs) I don't pray, watch this, to the Pharisee. I don't pray to the pastor. I don't pray to the church. I don't pray. In other words, my boss and my job is not my source. I'm able to bypass them. All those things that are stealing from me, I don't have to have them. And people make deals with the devil every day because they think they have to have them. But when you understand your life, there it is, quote, life, When you have life on life, you are able to tap into a different dimension that bypasses all the things that steal life from you. Let me go to number four and give you this last one, which means then it is forever on the timeline. This life you will never lose. This life is forever. So when you live your life, watch this now, you don't live with a sense of terminality. (laughs) When you live life, you don't live afraid of earthly death. You get what I'm saying? This life you live ought not scare you into trying new things. Oh man, this is... In other words, you... Live with the eternal God and that you are always alive in him. And though this body may cease, your spirit remains alive. In other words, you aren't going to lose anything if you lose this body. You must understand that Jesus is this door to life upon life. So this sounds too good to be true. I can imagine But that's why the enemy or the wolves of life try to restrain you and control you and manipulate you and steal from you everything that would help you see the real door upon your life. There is a door that leads to this kind of lifestyle. And I want to point that out to you as we've just talked about these, this life that we want to attain to. I want us to understand that the enemy doesn't want people, in other words, the enemy doesn't want people to get saved. That's true. But I think he's not so much as concerned about the people who are sitting in church this morning who are saved. Because saved people who don't do nothing aren't a threat. Are you tracking? It's the saved people who are living life that the devil is mad at. I think he's mad and concerned about those who get saved and become active in their living. I think it's the people who decide to make a change. It's the people who become activists on the job. People who make their voice known to the people around them. I think that's who the devil, it just because you're saved, it doesn't really matter because it ain't nothing he can do with you. You're in the care, care of God. He can't snatch you back. So what is he trying to do? He can't do nothing with your salvation, but he can steal your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so if you're not careful, you will allow the enemy to keep you from spreading your wings and learning how to fly and live for God's glory. I'm not sure the devil cares much about the saved people. You know, I I think it's the people who like trying new things. The devil don't like you trying new things. You know, he don't like you accepting new challenges and and believing God for another miracle. You know what I'm saying? Who, who's going to believe God for another miracle? We're going to get this ministry. We're going to get this house. We're going to get, I'm going to get that man. I'm going to get this woman. I'm going to get, in other words, I'm going to get this perfect partner. I'm going to get this situation. I'm going to get this job. God, the enemy doesn't like when you start thinking positively like that. He wants you to say, well, you ain't going to be nothing. The last job fired you. You overweight now. He ain't going to love you. The job is not going to support you. But these are the sheep that are on the wolf's hit list. 
You are the sheep that the wolf is licking his chops about. Joy said the other day, somebody on the community uh, network said they saw a wolf in the community. Now, I don't know if they saw a wolf, but maybe it was a coyote or something. But if there's a wolf running around here, I bet he's looking for some sheep. But in the spiritual realm, there are spiritual wolves who are looking for sheep like you and me who want to make a difference, who decided this year I was going to change my attitude, who decided this year I was going to be more tolerant and patient, who decided this year I was going to take my job more seriously, who decided this year I was going to be a better husband or a better wife, who decided this year I was going to stop drinking and stop partying so hard and try to be effective in serving others. That's who the wolf has on the radar. So let's explore a bit more how this comes about. And let's look at the text again today as we explore this truth. So the text says in John 10 and 1, it says, I'm sure you can really see that too good. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way. And I highlighted that. Climbs up some other way. He is a thief and a robber. So I want you to understand that this is how the thief, the enemy comes to mess you up. The sheepfold is for God's people. And I want you to understand that the sheepfold is where you are in God and the wolf is trying to get into the sheepfold. But the text is going to teach us that the wolf don't come through the front door. The wolf comes by trying to climb over the wall. So the sheepfold is the sacred enclosure of God's true people. And so it's, it's the wolf who comes to steal the life but the sheepfold is where you regroup your life. It's where your life is protected. And so the shepherd watches over everybody in the sheepfold at night. Now this would be particularly connected to those who are saved. Everybody's good, right? You in the sheepfold, you saved. Ain't nobody bothering you. The blood is covering you. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says in verse one that the thief comes in another way. The thief can't look you in the eye. How do you know something is still in your life? They won't look you in the eye. They aren't straightforward with you. They won't come correct. They try to do things backdoor. Anybody who's trying to get you to do something from a shady perspective, that's a thief and a robber. And it's coming to steal your life, not add to your life. The thief can't use the front door. In other words, the thief who's coming to steal your life starts with a lie. He comes and says, or she comes and says, well, I don't want to go through the door. Let me come through your window. Red flag right there. Those are things that come to steal your life. God is trying to keep something out that is trying to get in to steal your life. You keep opening the window, letting Hillary in, letting Tyler in letting these different things and circumstances in when God says, I keep blocking the door for a reason, but you keep giving them entryway. And I'm telling you, if they didn't come correct, if they didn't come correct, it's coming to steal your life because anybody who comes to add to your life can come correct. They can come and tell the truth and not worry about it. But thieves are cunning and they're conniving and meaning you, you have to do things another way than the regular way. If you got to sneak around, yeah, come on, somebody, ain't no good, no amens on that. If you got to sneak around, it ain't the way. If you gotta, if you gotta do it under the table, it ain't the way. You get what I'm saying? If you, if you gotta lie about this and that, it ain't the way because thieves, Thieves think of doing it another way. When it says comes over another way, that means 
People who still try to do things from the opposite direction. If it don't sound right, it ain't right. <laughs> Hello? If it, if, it, if it don't sound right, it ain't right. So, so look at this text. I want to look at this next verse. This next verse that says, uh, not only comes up another way, but then he says, all who came before me, verse eight says, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not hear them. And so remember, this is a response to chapter nine, where the Pharisees are being put on blast for not handling God's sheep correctly. And I want to tell you today that there are some pastors who and priests like the Pharisees who are robbers and thieves. I need security today. I wish Ben was online. Lisa, you got my back. Let me know you got my back, Lisa. There are some pastors. There are some churches. There are some some pontificating organizations and ministries that that say they mean you well, but. But if you don't play by their rules, they, they cut you off. They, if you don't pay your tithes, if you don't do this the right way, if you don't wear the right skirt length, if you don't, if you don't uh, stop cussing all at once, if, if they see you at the bar, you can't be a deacon, you can't serve, you can't sing in the choir because they found out you was having, never mind, I'm not going to go down the list, but God says these are thieves and robbers. Because if, if you got to promise a blessing, if you got to promise uh, we're going to put your name on the window if you give $1,000, if, if we put your name on the people, we'll give you a parking space uh, if you donate to the ministry. If you do this, in other words, if you got to come up with gimmicks and schemes to get the church blessing, you're a thief. Ah, that's all right. I need to stop. Let me let me close this up. These are robbers and thieves. So be clear. Be clear then. I want you to be clear that the anti to life, the anti to life is restriction. When 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 life is to be lived, the anti the antithesis to that is shutting you down. Anything or anybody in your life who their first response is to shut you down. That's not of God, the thieves and the robbers, people and jobs who threaten you every time you make a mistake. You do one more time, you're going to find yourself at the unemployment. Those are restrictions. You need institutions and churches and family members who want to lift you up, not tear you down. Even family members who have accusation, they accuse you for this. And it's so easy to point the finger because you can't point the same finger at somebody and point it at yourself. You can't do it. Try it. Try it. It's either pointing there. It's either pointing there or it's pointing. You can't do it. So people like to point the finger there because it keeps the fingers off of them. And that's not giving your brother life. That's not giving your auntie life. That's not giving your cousin life. You're taking life. Every time you judge somebody, you're restricting them and restraining them in the sheepfold. Mind you, we're talking about the sheepfold, baby. We, we in the house. We're talking about church people. We're talking about being around saved folk who will keep you from living your life. That's all right. I'm saying amen to myself. Come on now. So let's look at the next slide. Uh, this next verse then, I want to make clear to you. Uh, it says, the verse 10, we did verse 1, verse 8. And now then verse 10, verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So I want what I want you to be clear on today is that anything that comes to steal from you, anything that comes to restrict you, and to not let you flap your wings, is trying to kill you. It's trying to destroy you. It doesn't want you to prosper. It's trying to keep you down. So I want you to point out all those restrictive things. All of those people who don't want you to be you. They are like the thief and the robber. And they won't say it to your face. That's why they won't say it to your face. That's why the haters talk behind your back. Because the thief comes another way. They won't come through the front door. 
And don't we always say it? If you got something to say to me, say it to my face. Ain't that what you say? And they won't because the people who are trying to steal from you don't want to face you. So look at this next verse. I want to talk about the door a little bit here. Let's talk about the door. This door. Now that we understand the thief comes to try to steal it. Let's talk about the door. And this door, we've got to find this door, Joy. Because the the door is what's going to liberate you from restriction. And I'm saying to all of you out there today, there's a door that'll set you free from all these restrictive relationships, these lying, conniving cheaters who manipulate and steal from your life. You ain't got to, you ain't got to reason with them. You ain't got to make up with them. You ain't got to sell your soul to them. You just got to find the door. Somebody say find the door. door. It's the door (laughs) that's going to lead you to life. The door does what, Shauna? The door creates access. Why do you have a door on anything? So you can get in, right? But doors aren't just for getting in, Joy. Doors also are for what? Getting out. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. There it is. The door creates access. It's freedom to go and come. And there's some people, all the church says is come. All the church says come. Come to the Lord. Come. Come with masters at coming. Come. Come to Jesus. Don't nobody know how to say go. Go. Live your life. You don't hear the preachers talk, live your life, go, leave the church, take a vacation, take off. You served faithfully for eight months. Take the next four off. You don't hear churches saying that. Churches like to lock you in, make you miss dinner with your family because this is so important. That board meeting ain't that important. I've been here four nights this week. Can't you get somebody else? God. That's all right. I know I'm in trouble. I'm get kicked out. They're going to call me. I know I'm in trouble. But the door is of God and it's never intended to keep you locked in. I came to tell you that the door of God never came to lock you up. When God saved you, he said, I didn't I didn't come to save you and say, now you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. Oh, you go to church and all is everything you can't do. Pastor, tell me what I can do then. Tell me where I can go. Everybody has a list of everything that's of the devil, but you don't have a list of the things that are of God. God, I'm preaching. I feel his help right now. But there's a seal. Listen, when you have something that keeps you in, that's a seal. That's not a door. When you want to seal something up, when you want to lock something up, you put a lock on it, you seal it. God didn't save you to seal you. He saved you to open a door for you to live your life. Now, while you're living your life, he seals your spirit. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. In other words, meaning that's why the devil, the wolf can't get you because you're sealed and protected. But the doors are open for sealed people to go live your life in the world. And you got to tell that pastor, you got to tell that job, you got to tell that boss who wants you to work overtime and miss your vacation. You can't go to your baby's graduation because you got to finish this project. You got to tell your boss, I'm living my life and I will not miss one more graduation. I will not miss one more singing program. I will not miss one more tap dance that my daughter is doing. I will be present. Because God didn't call to lock me up. He called to set me free. It's all about the door. Somebody say the door. Most people are taught how to come in at the door. We got a song. It said, you must come in at the door. You ain't heard no gospel song saying, you must go out at the door. No. It's always come in. Come give your money. Come give your time. Come stay with us. Why not? Go, we'll send you forth. We anoint you. We bless you. Go live your life, honey boo. Church ain't saying that. Ain't gonna get no amens this morning. God makes it clear 
that if you're going to get to the life on life, you have to come through the door. Not just come in the door. You got to learn how to swing that door around and go out. The same door you came through is the same door you got to go out of. So you come in to get saved. You come in to grow in the word. But then you got to grow up enough to be able to turn around and go out the door. When you're a baby, when you have a baby, you don't send the baby outside by itself. But when the baby gets older and grown enough, you send it out and go outside and play. And some of us have been saved too long and you still in the cheapo. You don't know how to open the door. I can't get the door open. My mother-in-law house, she got a trick door. She got a trick door. You can't, you can't get out unless you know how to turn that lock on it. You can't get out. Yeah, I learned how to fix that lock. I learned how to trick that. You ain't locking me in here. I'm leaving, mama. I'm leaving. My mother-in-law, I learned. She said, you want me to get that? No, I know how to get it now. I fixed it. I got that lock. But when I first got to start going over there, I couldn't get out. I said, Joy, come let me out. This house. Let me out. <laughs> let me tell you something. You got to learn how not only to get in the doors. We spend many hours trying to pick a lock to get in. But we don't spend enough time trying to pick the locks to get out. Come on, somebody. I hope you hear me. Listen, if you come through the door, you've got to go out through the door. And you can't manipulate his word to fit your circumstance. You can't do it your way. Then ask God to bless it. And after the fact. You must come through the door. If you're going to live life. It's got to go through the door. You can't do like the thief. Just because the thief came in through the wall. The window. Now you're trying to live your life. By sneaking around God. No. Don't sneak around God. Go straight through the door. Tell the truth. Yep. You fornicated. Yep. You lied. Yep. You stole it. Yep. You messed up. Because the best way you're going to live. Is by being true with the same door you came through just as I am oh Lord save me you come as a sinner you come in as a sinner well you got to go out as a sinner you got to go out and say I'm not perfect but I'm going outside anyway I messed up last night Jesus but I still got to go live I didn't do what you asked me to do yesterday but the world is still out there and I got to serve you in other words you can't let the door lock you in just because you're feeling guilty about how you're living because the same door that let you in is the same door that a purify you when you're on your way out i'm talking today it's all right now so here we understand that it's the door that makes the difference when you come in and when you go out i'm gonna be i'm 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 I'm, i know i'm behind schedule i i'm gonna be long today no i'm not i'm gonna do my best i'm gonna help you let's look at the text the text says this look at saint john chapter 10 Verse 2, and it says this, but he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. Well, those who didn't enter by the door, what were they? Thieves and robbers. But anybody who comes correct to your life. In other words, the pastor or the preacher or the job or the organization or the friend that comes correct to you. Those are people who who will shepherd your life, who will care for you, who will love you. Those are the people you want. Enter by the door. You got one way to get to my heart. That's through the door. And so verse 7 says this. Look at verse 7. It says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, guess what? I am the door. Wait a minute. So any shepherd that wants to shepherd me got to go through the door who is Jesus, my Christ, to get to me. So if a shepherd was coming to get his sheep, that the shepherd, that the door, the porter at the door was watching all night long, the shepherd has to come to get his sheep through the door. The shepherd has to come and say, hey, Jesus, I'm here to pick up my sheep. I'm coming through the door. Woo, come on, I'm talking to you women out there. If the man tries to, you know, mac daddy to you, if he doesn't talk through the door, <laughs> if he don't even know who the door is, if he don't know who Jesus is, if he don't even know the door, how can he take care of you like a shepherd? And he can't even go through the door. That's why That's why the thief will try to talk you out of going to church. The thief will try to keep you from your relationship with God. Because they don't want a relationship with God. 
But the only person who's really going to care for you like they should is the person who's going to come through the door. Well, who's the door? Jesus said, I am the door. Am I helping anybody? Watch this. Here's the text. Here's the text. Verse number uh, nine says this. I am the door. It says, if anyone enters through me, he will be what? Saved. So if you come in, you're going to be saved. But look at the next part of the text. It says you'll come in and be saved and we'll what? Go in and out. You got to go outside. God is saying the door is for you to come in and it swings around to go out and do what? Find pasture. The text says come in the door and leave out the same door. Don't stay here. Don't come and be so adaptive to religion and the theatrics and the manipulation of tradition and things and how we used to do it. And don't even let your family stick you with the tradition. It's the way we always used to do it. No! God said, I saved you to be like last week's lesson, to be uniquely you, to find your hue and your hue, to be the best you. You have to find the door, not just that you can come in. And all of us spend our life, oh, I could just get in this club. If I could just get in this club. And you don't spend nearly as much time talking about how you can get out the same door you got into. Have you ever walked in a place you open the door, but when you close the door behind you, it locked behind you. You got in, but now you can't get out. Be careful of the one-sided locked doors. Be careful of those relationships and those jobs that talk real pretty on the front face. HR tell you everything you want to hear. But once you get the job, it's like jail. It's like a slave sentence. Once you go out with him, once you marry him, you shackled. Once you married her, oh, she about to kill you now. Oh, boy, they about to take over you. Well, now you friends, you besties. You had your concerns at first, but you finally gave on in and said, we could be besties. Now you under her control. <laughs> you under somebody's spell. <laughs> they manipulate you. You look at them and you feel some kind of way. You drive by somebody's street right now today and you get all mysterical. You get all messed up in your mind. You can't even think straight. You have to turn the radio down just to pass the old house. <laughs> God help me here. It's the door though. The door must be the place where you find your optimal ability to go out and experience life. So look at this last verse then of John 10 and verse 10. As the text makes it clear, he says, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill, but I came that they might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So then what is this? What is life upon life? What is life upon life? Because once you gain the courage to walk through, once you gain the courage to walk through the right door, then you can discover the abundant life we just read about. Life is on the other side of the door. It literally is saying God is giving us life upon life. He's saying, I saved you. You got life when I saved you, but now you got to live life on top of the saved life. You got to be saved, but live. God didn't save you and say, stay in the house. God didn't save you and say, be a hermit. It's time to go out to the pasture and frolic in life. You got to go take your little sheep white wool out there, out the door, go out the door. And experience life because surely what I want to make clear is that the overall theme of the passage is that Jesus is the sacrificial lamb. That Jesus is the lamb that was slain. He laid down his life for us as a sheep. He is the type of what he's trying to express to us. He is the life. And he says, you come through the door, you die, but you resurrect. He says, you don't lay your life down. You don't give up everything and then not live. Yeah, you stop smoking. Yeah, you stop drinking. Yeah, you stop sexing. Yeah, you say, but don't, but don't stop living. You hear what I'm saying? 
Too many people stop 18,000 things, but they don't start nothing. <laughs> God didn't call you to a life of quitting. He called you to a life of quitting sin, but living life. Oh, I'm preaching this is good, and I hope somebody gets it. So surely that's the overall theme. But yes, by coming to Jesus by faith, we automatically get life eternal, right? You get saved. But what does Jesus mean when we get life and that more abundantly? And I think that refers back to verse 9. I feel the Holy Ghost pushing me in the back. And here I think Jesus is making the distinction from chapter 9 again. Whereas the Pharisees don't care about people's lives. He didn't care that the blind man could see. All they cared about was what the pro- did you go through the right process. They just wanted people to follow their rules. Beware of people who don't care about you only when you do what they want you to do. People who really care for you want you to live. If I love joy, I want her to be the best joy. I ought not feel better about restricting her just so I can say I'm the man. I ought to feel better about how far she goes, how wide her wings spread. I ought to be a kind of shepherd that doesn't seek to control her. Yeah, I got her in. Yeah, I got brought her in the door. Yeah, but also keep the door open so she's free to go. Come on, somebody. Be weary of places that bring you in and lock you in. Trust doesn't lock you up. Trust says you're free to make your own choices. But just know that the choices have consequences. Come on. Ooh, I'm talking to me. I'm talking to somebody. It's what the verse 9 is about. It's about learning how to feel comfortable. About going through the door that leads to the pasture. It's learning how to be free enough to live with your guilt, your past, your shame, your issues and your circumstances, but live anyway. They can say what they want to say, but oh well, I was watching my nephew on uh, Sweet Life and one of the arguments was, oh, you from Ladera, you from the other side of the track, we from the wood, we from, we from the other side. And little Gerald said, yeah, and, and what? Yeah, yeah, that's true. In other words, he said, no, nah, man, no. Nah. He said, yeah. I am from there. In other words, I ain't got to lie about where I'm from. Either you accept me for who I am or you can't deal with where you from. Don't make my issue or where I am your issue or where you from. And so I like that because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I come from. I'm still going to live my best life in the world. Look at verse nine. As I wrap this up, I know you got to go. I know you're tired of me already. You say, PC, I don't want to hear no more of this because I'm at the wrong door. Look at verse number nine. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out. And look at this. Here it is. Two words. Find pasture. Does anybody know what pasture is? Not pastor. Don't go find pastor. But go find pasture. (laughs) What is pasture? Pasture is where the extra life is. When you go out the door into the pasture, look at the screen. Look, and I tried to show it on the picture. It's the pasture, the door, and where the grass is. Look, it ain't no, ain't no cathedral, ain't no church, ain't no choir, ain't no deacon boy, ain't no communion tray. It's life. Go out there where the grass is. Go see where life is. What is pasture? Pastures where the food is. When the sheep go out to the pasture, they they nibbling around the grass because that's where the food is. Pasture is the place where your needs are met. Pasture is where you go and there is no want. Why? Because as long as you stay in the sheepfold, you want stuff. But when you go out in the pasture, the pasture has what you want. And so when you live a restricted life, you live a stressed life because you always want something that you don't have. But Jesus is saying today, you ain't have nothing. You don't have anything because you haven't asked for anything. You're too afraid to go out the same door you came in to go get your life. And you're thinking, oh, well, I'm saved now. I can't be this kind of businessman. I can't be this kind of tycoon. I can't be a lawyer. Yes, you can. Just because you saved don't mean you got to be 
a pastor. Just because you saved don't mean you got to be in the pulpit. You can be a DJ. You can be an entertainer. You can be a social worker. You can be a dancer for Beyonce, honey. You can, I, that, that's why I say you ain't got to dance only for gospel music. Go live your life. Because the same door you went out of is the same door you coming back through where the blood washes you. Like the car wash when you go through the brushes. brushes. Every time I go through the door, the blood washes me. <laughs> Every time I come back from dancing for Beyonce, the blood washes me. Because I know where home is. I know where the sheepfold is. I know where to go back to God. I know where to worship God. I know when to get my wash from. I know where God is. And every time I go back in the sheepfold, the same door that let me out is the same door that let me. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? I done lost my notes. I can't find it. The pasture spreads increase. It's the place of abundance. The pasture adds life to your life. Jesus gives us life, but obeying and following him into the right places expands our lives exponentially. We get life upon life. Yes, I'm saved, but I'm saved and I'm blessed too. But what did Jesus mean by finding the pasture? Look at verse 9 again. He says, the text says, go out and Find pasture. Oh, anybody find? You know how the Easter egg hunt? You got to find it. You got to find the pasture. Let me talk to somebody. Verse 9 says, perhaps you got to find the pasture. And the Greek word for it is eurisko, which means it is a future active indicative. It means it may be that perhaps when you go out the door, you will find, you might find in the future the thing that you desire. We go to the pasture to find it. I wake up this morning to go find it. I'm not just coming to church to get lost in it. I'm going to find what God has for me. Wasn't it Ruth who stumbled upon Boaz's blessing? She had to go find the man of God. You have to find it. It means to come upon it. It means to live your life and you meet up with it. I watch all these talk shows where the girlfriends meet at different places to eat. You got to go meet the pasture. Much like the blind man did Jesus. He was minding his own business, y'all. He wasn't even doing that. He wasn't even asking for healing. But the miracle walked up on him and he said, today, because you outdoors living your life, blind as you are, the blessing comes to you today. I'm telling you, when you get the courage to step out on life, the blessing will find you. The pasture will find you and you will find the pasture. It's like you go out and find the thing after you've been searching for it. I can't find my keys, Joy. But then it's like you've been looking, you've been looking, you've been looking. Ain't nothing like the feeling. Found them. That's what the pasture is. Life is like living life where you saying, found it all day long. That's all I'm saying. Found it. When you go into that meeting at the job, found it. Every time you look at a different situation, found it. It is that eureka kind of feeling. It is that spiritual high that says, God, let me stumble upon it. He says, you find it as if you came across it without having even searched for it. I wasn't even looking for it. When I got my Lexus LS430 many years ago, I wasn't even going to buy it. But when I stumbled upon it, it was the best deal ever. I drove off the lot in my dream car. I wasn't even looking for it, but God blessed me with it. I wasn't looking for many things in my life, but God gave it to me. Why? Because I was living my life in the pasture. What if I stayed at home and didn't go outside? Some of y'all begging for husbands and wives, but you won't go out to meet nobody. I'm telling you, they ain't coming through your window. You will keep keep asking. You keep doing that late night text booty call because you want them to come through the window. Not from the window to the wall. You got to come through the door. You got to come through the door and say, look here, you want this? You got to come correct. Call me before 10 o'clock. We don't do late. We don't do one, two. And then I'm, I'm all off, all, all off on the thing. But I'm telling you, you got to find the pasture. And the pasture is out there. Y'all, this is my point is. The pasture is out there. It ain't like there's a famine. It's 
not like there's a dearth. It's just that it's out there. And to recognize what has been there all along, you got to go out there and act like my job is out there. My wife is out there. My food is out there. My clothes are out there. How dare me stay in church all day singing hallelujah and praise the Lord. Talking about Lord bless me, but you won't go out in the pasture to get it. The abundant life is about learning the daily regimen of living with the shepherd. And this door, because the Bible said that Jesus is the door, but he's also the shepherd. And so this door, when we go out the door, he comes with us. Do you remember how your mama used to take you to school? And they say, they lead you out the door, say, come on out the door, come on, go get in the car. You go get in the car, they turn around and lock the door. Why? Because nobody's at the house. If you're not in the sheepfold, there's no reason to have a person at the door. The door can be locked. The shepherd goes with you when you go out in the field. So the door back in is always right next to you. (laughs) So whenever you go out in the world to experience life, the door came with you because the sheepfold is empty. (laughs) The door is with you. And so life presents itself with these doors where you find what you need. And whenever you need to go back in, you just turn to the left and there's the door. So the door is always moving. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. And the reason you can't find the door to life is because you're standing at the wrong door. You're looking at yesterday's door. Jesus has moved. The spirit has moved. Some of y'all at churches that you grew up in and it is past your time. Move on. You are at jobs that is past your time. Move on. You dating somebody. Pastor, you at the wrong door. You looking for something that ain't coming out that door no more. It has gone. Jesus moves. The spirit moves because it is a coming in and it is a coming out. It is for the safety. The door is for the safety to keep you in, but it's also to release you out. Out is for the green pastures. Out is for the still waters. Out is for the nourishment. Out is for the refreshment. What's Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, I get everything I need. Where? In the past. He leadeth me beside still waters. He brings me beside the greenness. He lets me know it's the place where I can be nourished. And what does he do? He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemy. Where? When I'm living life. While I'm living life, my enemy gets to watch me blow up. My enemy gets to sit at the table and see the expression of the enjoyment of I found it. Jesus Jesus is the door that leads to all of our provisions. We go through him to get everything we need. He is the door that leads to life upon life. And so I leave you, my beloved, with this conclusion, with this reality of life, that you must understand and come to a realization on your own that this conclusion brings our final thoughts, that all of this happens after the summation of the blind man in chapter 9 was cast out by the religious leaders, but Jesus took him in. When the church rejected him, Jesus said, come through my door. When he walks out, walks out on you, Jesus says, come through my door. When she blackmails you, Jesus says, come through my door. When the job threatens to fire you, Jesus says, come through my door. The blind man didn't know what to expect from Jesus. He just saw that it was a good thing. He didn't weigh it by religious rules or formalities. All he knew was that I was blind, but now I can see. He said, I don't care. I don't want to know about the formalities. You can't figure out life. You don't know everything. When you walk out that door, everything is not explained. But you must trust the door that you went through. I trust that when I walk through the door of my house, I know where things are because it's where I live. You must walk through life with the, without the fear and with the courage that you walk through the door of Jesus to get here. And regardless of how the job makes you feel, you're scared, it's too much work and all of that. You must say, but I'm here and I came through the door. I didn't lie on my application. I didn't lie on my resume. I'm here. I went through the door. And that means that whatever I'm walking in, God gave it to me. A life with restrictions isn't life. 
Jesus has somehow concocted a plan whereby we can be both slaves and free at the same time. Jesus says, you are my slave, but you free as I don't know what. <laughs> Grace is not without walls. Jesus doesn't save us and say, act a fool. Grace is not without walls, but it is, it has a liberation that gives such respect to those walls that the walls don't need to be visible because we would never disrespect the walls. Do you get what I'm saying? Grace says, I'll give you the opportunity to live your life. And grace is so holy and so permitting that you fall so in love with that grace that the walls become invisible and you never will cross those walls because God has been so good to you. Here is what Jesus said about life upon life for his people. Israel. Imagine how that is amplified by grace today. I read this passages in conclusion to let you see graphically what the shepherd meant for his people in the Old Testament. I want you to take this in. Ezekiel 34, 12 through 15 said, As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the streams and in all the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in a good pasture and their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There they will lie down on good grazing ground and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord God. And then he picks up at verse 25. I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. In other words, you can lay out there where the wolves would have ate you up. (laughs) I will make them and the places around my hill a blessing. Hallelujah. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. They will be showers of blessing. (laughs) You ought to mark that one. Also, the tree of the field will yield its fruit and the earth will yield its increase and they will be secure on their land. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. You remember them? The thief and the robber. They will no longer be a prey to the nations and the beasts of the earth will not devour them, but they will live securely and no one will make them afraid. I will establish for them a renowned planting place and they will not again be victims of famine in the land and they will not endure the insult of the nations anymore then they will know that I the Lord their God am with them and that they the house of Israel are my people declares the Lord God look at this final verse as for you my sheep the sheep of my pasture you are men and I am your God declares the Lord God Beloved, today, there is a place in God where these scriptures ring loud and clear. It's also sad that so few redeem this token of abundant living, for many of us are robbed daily by the wolves of our pasts, our families, and our own personal insecurities. But today, Jesus says, Choose the right door, the door that leads to life upon life. And if you'll be my sheep, he says, I'll be your shepherd. And I will not only give you eternal life, but I'll give you life upon the saving life that comes by faith. Come in and go out by the same door. Today, action, action, action.
on PC. And that's all I've got.